재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. This is Koreascape TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul and on streaming platforms all around the world. I'm Kurt Asian and Saturdays on this program are freshly served. We talk about lifestyle, leisure and more often than not food and drink. with the exact right person on all those topics. His name is Matthew Chung, and he's a chef, a former restaurateur, a food consultant, and all-around uh, guru on things edible. Hey, Matt. Morning, Kurt. Good to see you. It's a fantastic day. The holiday's upon us. The holiday is upon us. It is a time of family rest and relaxation for one gender, and for the other gender, it's a time of bonded servitude in the kitchen. See, that's the thing, is that my family's always been very progressive, where they've stuck me in the kitchen. Ah, from a very well, you're way. the chef, aren't mm-hmm. you? When you get in the home kitchen, mm-hmm. are you importing all of that kung fu from your various restaurant experiences? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to separate the two. Right. There are things that you do want to draw upon, you know, that those experiences. And there are ones that don't really apply. And, you know, at first blush, they might seem like they do. So let's talk about that today. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about how to cook like a chef at home. Well, uh, the one big difference is that you just don't have the kit the way you do in restaurants. You don't have the gear, the electronics, the, the fancy things. And you have to sort of cook in human-sized portions, whereas in restaurants, you tend to offload your ingredients from a truck, you know? Right, right. And, you know, I think, you know, I think starting with the gear is a good place to start. Mm. Um, you know, it's all about buying the right thing and knowing what to buy, what to spend money on, where to save money. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, right? So one of my, I just moved into this new place and we bought, you know, all new kitchen stuff. But my favorite thing that we bought is a $4 salad spinner from that um, Swedish meatball cafe that's also known for selling furniture. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's beautiful because, okay, so the one that I have for the restaurant uh-huh. costs $150. All right. And it has, like, it has like a 10-liter capacity to it. Yeah. This one's $4, and it's so incredibly rare to find a salad spinner. Yeah. I, I kid you not, for that price. It's and got it one does, of those cranks on the top, yeah, and it just... Yeah, and my, 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 my greens, they come out crisp and that's dry. Right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Centrifugal force. It's your friend when mm-hmm. you're making salads. That's right. And, you know, so, like, little things, right? Like, um, on the side of maybe things you shouldn't purchase, um, 25-set knife, uh, knife block. Yeah. You know, you're, you're never going to use 24 of those knives. I think if you were to actually do a survey of top-level chefs... Mm-hmm. The better they are, the more minimalist the gear list would get. They'd say a sharp knife and a cutting board and uh, maybe, you know, a couple of other things. Right. I, th- I think it goes like either one of two ways. Like you're either super minimalist because you can do everything with a very, you know, with a very small set of tools or you know how to use all the specialized tools exactly how right. they're meant to, be in, you know, meant to be used. I mean, but I think it all comes down to, you know, the, that knowledge and experience. So what I suggest to home cooks, if you're going to have... knives let's go with just a couple one six to eight inch chef's knife uh-huh you know so your your standard knife the knife looking knife yep and then something small something that you can you know, like a paring knife that yep. you can cut in hand you know it would be you know it's good for like peeling fruit sure for example sounds good and then maybe something serrated for yeah. cutting bread i maybe throw a, a heavy cleaver into that mix for chopping through bones that kind of thing What do you think? When was the last time you chopped through bones? Oh, I chop through bones all the time. You kidding me? Chop through a chicken mati and, uh, you know, stir fry chicken with bone in, that kind of thing. I'm impressed. I dig chopping through chickens. (laughs) 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 Uh, So, uh, you know, maybe a clear... Because in Korea, you can get them so 
cheap. If you go to the mm-hmm. market, there is a terrifying-looking sort of horror movie cleaver right. uh, on display with all the, 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 the other stuff, and it's got good weight. And if you just want to whack through a bone-in piece of meat or if you want to just uh, kind of roughly chop carrots and whatnot, sure, it's, sure. Fa- it's fantastic. It's got weight. It's got heft. And then, you know, you know was it going from knives? Here's a really critical piece of uh, kit that I think that everyone should have. Buy a sharpening stone. Oh, I was going to ask right. you your position on that. Do you send out or do you trust yourself to sharpen your stuff? I can trust anyone to sharpen their stuff. Watch, you know, a video online. Yeah. You know, 15 minutes practice. You know, maybe maybe buy a knife that you, you know, you wouldn't mind destroying right. the first That's one. Right. But I, I kid you not, I, I, have, I haven't seen a single employee walk through my doors who hasn't been able to figure out how to sharpen their knives within half an hour. And, you know, so hypothetically, you know, if you take care of your knife, it should outlast you. Mm. You know, my, my mom, she has knives where, you know, I think she bought them when I was a child. Right. And, you, and you can see, like, you know, there's barely any knife, knife left, but that's like 25 years of use. That's right. Knives and some kitchen equipment, it's a lot like um, you could compare it to shoes or to stereos. Mm. Buy it once, spend a little bit. Until it hurts a little mm-hmm, bit, mm-hmm. and then take extremely good care of it. Buy it for and, life. And, and, you know, it's you're kind of married to it for life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, over time, the initial amount that you spent is going to be, uh, turn out to be a bargain. Sure. Because it lasts you decades. You right, know? right, yeah. right. All right. So I think, you know, there's the equipment, but I think one of the parts of the chef mindset that could most easily translate into the home is a simple, you know, and I think it blows a lot of people's minds when I break it down like this. Break big tasks down into small tasks. Okay. You know, don't try to, if you, if you're on a tight schedule, don't try to do everything at once. There are a lot of things you can do ahead of time. For sure. And if you, if you start looking at a recipe as just that, like a series of steps and you can see where like, okay, I can put it down overnight. I can put it down for a couple of days. You know, I can put it into the fridge and I can, you know, let it sit. Then all of a sudden your holidays have gotten a lot easier, you know? And for example, like one thing you can do for this with uh, say chuseok, right? Uh, one, you know, one thing that everyone loves in the autumn is kaibichim. Sure. And, you know, that's, that, that's one that, you know, you can really start that ahead of time. That'll get better the next day, right? I yeah. Mean, if you refrigerate it and then warm it, isn't that going to be just better? It's scientifically proven. Because what happens is that when you're braising meat, it's full of uh, collagen that breaks down into gelatin. Mm. And so what happens is that when you chill it down, it firms up. Yep. But when you bring it back up, it takes it to this optimal texture. You know, instead of just going from like hot, 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 where everything is kind of melted and it's, you yeah. know, it's coat and it, it, it's nice because it coats your mouth and it's luscious, but you know, you're not going to get that nice little like bounce to, yeah. the, you know, to that bite. Wild. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a confit kind of principle, right? right. You, you cool the cook down, uh, the cook duck down. Mm-hmm. And sort of store it in its own sort of gelatin and fat for sure. a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then it's better when you heat it up again. Right, right. right. And then other things too, like chun. Chun is a big one because it requires so much prep because you're basically making hundreds of bite-sized portions of things. You know, you, you, can, you can leave that for longer than you think. Yeah. You know, the ones that you want to do close to the time are maybe things like y u k j u n Like, uh, was it, uh, it the one you make from meat? Just because mm-hmm. it is essentially a sausage and it's gonna, the texture is going to change. That's it. You know, if it, uh, the longer it sits. But things like hobakjeon, um, like zucchini, slice those two, three days ahead of time. And this will take us, I think, to the next point, which is learn how to properly store your ingredients. Okay. So let's take the uh, sliced zucchini, for example. Sure. 
if you slice zucchini, just lay it out, you know, leave it out, it's going to dry out. And even if you put it in a container, there's a chance it might dry out. So put a moist paper towel over it. There you go. I was wondering about mm-hmm. that. Layers of paper towels and uh, inside a, maybe a Tupperware thing, mm-hmm. a plastic thing. And I think you're good to go, right? Right. And, you know, there, there, there are things that, you know, are, are good. You know, you, you want to keep the moisture in. There are things where you want to let them dry out. Um, I think the one that everyone struggles a lot with is salad greens. No one really qu- uh, quite knows the proper way to store salad greens. I'll tell you this one. So there, this has been a lot of research on my own part and, you know, what I've found others have done and I've seen. And I think this is what works the best for small volumes of green. You want to wash them. As soon as, you, as soon as you get home, you know, wash them and dry them. Yeah. And you want to take a little plastic baggie, put a little puff of air into it, uh-huh. and then tie it up. So what you're doing is that, that little puff of air, is, you know, it's going to essentially keep it all from kind of mushing together and, you know, getting slimy. But the, it's a cushion. It's, it's a, a cushion, physical yeah. air cushion. But keep in mind, this is for a small amount of greens. Now, this is where things get a little bit tricky. For a large amount of greens, you actually do want to store some uh, paper towels in there because it's like the more greens you have in a container, it just kind of arithmetically ramps up. Uh-huh. And so you need, so it all of a sudden becomes a little bit too much moisture and you need something to kind of wick it up a little bit. Well, uh, and if you have like a uh, one of those crank salad spinners, mm-hmm. uh, then you can get the vegetables almost completely dry, right? You can, but, but even then there's inherent moisture. Inher- exactly. Inherent moisture. That's the name of my college band, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, you know, Chuseok is coming up mm-hmm. and you are, like you said, the cook in the family. Does that mean you're going to be cooking or... Are you going to uh, be doing something else? I think you're you're just about to be a married man. Right, right, right. right. I'm I am a married man, but unfortunately, you know, uh, familial duties uh, I think trumped that a little bit. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, right before I take off to my honeymoon, I'll be uh, stuffing songpyeon, you know, by the uh, by the dozen thousands, maybe. Really? Yeah. Cool. And then it's honeymoon time and uh, you leave Chuseok way behind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe in a decade or so, I'll be yelling at my own children that, no, that's not how I taught you how to do that. Well, you mentioned off the top that you are from sort of a progressive family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you being sort of the father figure who's also the, the I imagine, the chief cook in the house, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to bring up potentially kids and potentially male children mm-hmm. with a very proactive kind of kitchen sense to them. Oh, sure. And I mean, I, I, you know, I think that we always subscribe to the belief that, you know, many hands make light work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, and we, I guess those gender roles weren't really quite a thing growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, just whatever had to be done, got done. Mm. Um, one of the critiques that uh, I've gotten in the kitchen mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, I have, uh, when I go home, I cook for my mom, mm-hmm. right? She's a little bit OCD and doesn't like anything to be disrupted at all. Mm -hmm. She'll like literally dry the sink with a paper towel. Sure, sure. Um, So, you know, this whole ethos of clean as you go along, I mean, the typical uh, Chuseok prep kitchen Mm -hmm. must look like a bomb went off in it. Are you as a clean as you go uh, kind of guy? 100%. 100%. And that's one of those things too. Like you, that's, I think that this is something that people should be writing And incorporating into their recipes, mm. and because uh, when you when you look at a recipe, you only see the cooking steps, and you you okay, sort of kind of like okay, that's going to take five minutes, that's going to take ten minutes, right. it's going to take twenty five minutes, but I, I I think that you really do have to budget in that time mentally 
for uh, for uh, cleaning as you go, and that's really the key to cleaning as you go because it, it's. You know, most people are physically capable uh, yep. capable of doing this, and you know they 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 want to clean, but it doesn't occur to them because they haven't really budgeted that that out ahead of time. So again, that mindset of okay, you know this th- this thing takes 30 minutes to cook, but you know there's going to be five minutes of cooking, you know that uh, five minutes of cleaning that's spread out throughout the process. And once you kind of get into that mindset of budgeting that time out ahead of time, yeah. it becomes a lot easier. Well, that's a space management issue too, isn't it? Most mm-hmm. people are cooking in. Relatively small kitchens, sometimes undersized kitchens. Oh, you should see my kitchen. It looks like it looks like the kitchens on you know those little galleys in, a, in on an airplane. It's just one <laughs> yeah. tiny, really short corridor, essentially. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if I if I spread my arms out, you know, uh, fully, uh-huh. I almost go end to end to end. Yeah. No. And, I mean, that's that, that. Those have been my kitchens for the last uh, few places I've lived as well. Right. So it becomes really important. It's almost like just in time, uh, space space swapping. You mm-hmm. know, you finish one thing. And then you literally have no choice but to clean up because you need that space. Right. You can take a couple of shortcuts that won't be detrimental at all. For example, I think that you know, say like mixing bowls. Right. You have a mixing. You have a mixing bowl full of sliced zucchini, and you, you know, and the the bowl is empty now. You don't really have to take that back to the sink and scrub it out with soap and dry it. it you know, as long as it's not sopping wet or there's no oil in there or animal product or you know, some kind of protein, you know, generally you can reuse that bowl. You know, same thing that goes with knives and cutting boards as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite kitchen gadget? Uh, I mean, I really do like my salad spinner. I wasn't kidding about that one. But I think that uh, the, the one that I do love is a citrus squeezer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean like it's one of those um, lever things that right. you pull down. It's almost like you're in a factory stamping out some kind of metal object. Mm-hmm. It's the same principle. You're using a fulcrum and a lever to really squeeze that orange until it begs for mercy. Right. And you know, so there's the, that, you know, the big industrial one. And you know, that's great for bars and whatnot. But there are little handheld ones. Uh, so essentially, uh, it, it opens up, and you have that same little mechanism inside, right? So one side, it's uh, kind of, it has this part that goes up into the fruit to uh-huh. squeeze out the juice, and the other side presses it down. And there's a handheld version for something oh, wow. like that. And one of the reasons why that's so good is because, especially for things like limes, yeah. which are you know very firm, you double, triple the amount of juice that you get out of those. No doubt. Yeah, and especially with limes costing what they cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With me, I mean, I spend money... Uh, sometimes unwisely on other things. But for some reason, I'm very puritanical about not buying uh, sort of a high-end food processor Mm. or one of those, um, you know, the the, the brand of blenders that, you know, is just super industrial strength. You could make a rock smoothie with it. Mm. I I can't take the leap to spend, you know, this giant chunk of money to do that. But then I'll go off and spend money on something dumb, like a trip to someplace. I know what you mean. Like, right, like there's a kind of idea of like, okay, it it seems a little bit frivolous. Um, It's frivolous and it's it's almost sort of bougie. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit Mm show-off-y, but it would be so handy. You know, the number of times when I've wanted, you know, a really good food processor with like a dough handles and all that stuff. For some reason, I just don't take the leap. I feel it's almost uh, self-indulgent, you know. Well, what I would suggest then, if you don't want to, if if you if you feel that that's a little bit too much, uh-huh. I think that you know a great minimalist uh, was a piece of kitchen equipment, and I think that this is something that every small kitchen should have is an immersion blender set. Ooh. They're small. You can store it in a drawer. Uh-huh. Normally, they come up with attachments so that you can stick it in, stick it onto the top into of your a soup pot or whatever. Yeah, but you also have a food processor attachment to it. Uh-huh. You have a whisk attachment to it. So it's multiple tools in one. And 
I'm not big fans of these kind of multiple use tools most of the time because yeah. a lot of times they do, you know, they're kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Sure. But this, I've always had one of these immersion blender sets and they've, they do everything. They pass that threshold of quality. Cool. Matt Chung's ghoul tip of the day. Enjoy your honeymoon, man. And Thank I will you see much. you again soon. Enjoy your holidays too, Kurt. I'll see you soon.